0: My name is Kevin Hines. I jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. I believed that I had to die, but I lived. Today, I travel the world with my lovely wife, Margaret, sharing stories of people who have triumphed over incredible adversity. Now, we help people be here tomorrow. Welcome to the Hindsights podcast. What is and Hope Nation? It is your friendly neighborhood, Kevin Hines. And this is a very important interview I did with my brother-in-law, William Seldron. Kip, as his friends and family call him, he is a young man with schizophrenia who details his journey in this impactful, powerful, moving story. It's 14 minutes long. I want you to watch all the way through. It is something that you will not regret. And I want you to share with any friend who has a loved one who lives with schizophrenia or any kind of mental affliction because his resilience and his resolve are something to be admired. So check it out. Empowering, moving, important stories to challenge your narrative and help change your life. Help you Help yourself or those you love today who are going through mental pain. Pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. i never suffered a day in my life, but I've been in pain since the day I was born. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my brother, the one, the true and the only,
1: William Seldra.
0: You think in, in, in life in general, on an almost 24 hour basis, are you saying you think people read your mind like the whole world?
1: And that's the other thing. I, sometimes I think that just you can read my mind now or every person in that car. But a lot of the times, about 90, 95% of the time, I think the whole world can read my mind. Meaning, right now, I think George, whether he's in his house or another delusion is, is in, in in that in his house,
0: an hour and a half away.
1: An hour and a half away, sees that car in front of him, and he, he sees s- what you see. He sees my hand. He thinks what I'm not just reads my mind, but thinks what I'm thinking. Touches the steering wheel, feels the steering wheel, feels the steering wheel, eats my food that I'm eating. Well, I to, you know, whatever I do, I would think that the whole world experiences that. So there's other symptoms that I have that I've never told anybody. I think I mentioned to you, but you might have forgot. But I've really never told anybody. But first off, I want to talk about the symptoms I have talked about, which is-
0: The symptoms of living with schizophrenia.
1: This is the symptoms of living with schizophrenia. These are the ones I have talked about. And the first one is what started to get me delusional about things, which is that people said things that I must have hallucinated because people say it's not real, even though I believe it's real but it's that they say things that relate to what I'm thinking. So it would seem to me the obvious logical conclusion I come to is, well, they know what I'm thinking because they're either humming along the song on my iPod or they've said something that I was thinking. A lot a lot of it is on YouTube, but a lot of it is real life too. There hasn't been much lately. The, years, the last couple of years, a year ago was when it's pretty much stopped for a while. But since this happens so frequently, I still think that people know
0: what I'm thinking. Okay, so let's do a test, okay? okay. Where are we driving right now? To Springfield. Why?
1: Because we're gonna visit George and the kids. And we're gonna you see your brother. Yeah.
0: Our brother. Yeah. And the babies. And the babies. His and two Andy. kids. Yeah. And and his wife. Yes. Annie, right? Yeah. So George, Annie, Zoe, and Judah, yeah. okay? And your delusion, or your distorted reality, is, as some would call it, right? Yeah. Okay. So, if that was possible, yeah. Kip, think yeah. about it like this. Okay. He couldn't function. He couldn't take care of his kids. Yeah. He couldn't treat his wife. He couldn't love them and watch them and be with them because he'd, he'd, be co- doing he'd constantly what doing. be doing what you were doing. That's why the... Which, uh, would, which would make it absolutely
1: impossible. Impossible. That's why the... I have another delusion yeah. that makes me think why it's... Why, because I think that I the and I have another delusion road. that everybody is like in a vortex or something. Okay. Like as if right now, the only thing that exists in the, in the physical high, world I- is the things seven. around me. The cars, and whatever I see comes there from the vortex. So when when I go out into the like right now, this car came what from the, about the What about the trees? The trees? These trees have been here for
0: decades, I, centuries
1: even. Yeah, I think that the physical world, the trees, they all come from a vortex that we've all so it just get,
0: as you go along, or, it just, as you go along. Like
1: everybody's in just, my head. Yeah,
0: yeah. As doing, you, as doing, as you go, doing,
1: like everyone's living my life.
0: Right. So as you go along, these things are just placed there right before you arrive.
1: Exactly. I've even been on YouTube and I was, when I was on YouTube and Starbucks, <coughs> I was wondering where, how are all these people coming from? And I was thinking they like, come from the Vortex and I heard Martin Scorsese on YouTube, another hallucination that I, that people say I hallucinate, he said, oh, he's wondering and this is off topic to what he was talking about in David Letterman. He goes, they weren't talking about anything. He goes, oh, he's wondering, he was wondering where people, where these people were coming from. And he started laughing, and I was, so, and I was just wondering where these people were coming from. Yeah. So it makes me really think, whether it's yeah. or, or not the, the, so, the, they're from a vortex or in, I'm, like they're in my head, yeah, in my life, yeah. And like right now, Lauren and Joe are not in New York, and Marge is not driving like you weren't in the airplane yesterday so I wasn't just, just was
0: I just on the phone with Margaret and she told me she was coming home from, she's coming from I think I
1: think Marge was in the in a white room in a vortex talking to you wow okay. like kind of like Keanu Reeves and Matrix like in a separate reality like a halfway reality between the vortex and the physical world yeah talking to you and telling you okay I'm going to be there in an hour and a half get there she's going to be there or she's to, I think she's going to be there after we get there uh, but I could be wrong but like and she's just going to meet us there when I first thought that it scared the shit out of me and now I'm okay with it but I worry that I worry that the world is bored like I think that everyone lives my life and that they're bored about it's like I, I used to think that the world was suffering yeah. like they were burning in hell this is a long time ago and it really, it really made me crazy. Now I think the world is the suffering, but they are in a way because they're living my life and they have to do what I do. You know, it's like when a- I- Everyone? Day, everyone? Everyone, I think everyone in the world. And I'm not sure where I got that delusion from. I think maybe from YouTube, but I think, like, I just got, it's just me thinking about why, like, I, I, like, I think why, because people say things on YouTube that were on my mind. So I think, how can they read my mind? Or what we talked about earlier, how I came to that conclusion? Because if, if everyone is doing what I'm doing, then how could George function? Right. You know, and if they're if they're really there on YouTube, what would an actor like Natalie Portman or Johnny Depp be talking to me about when they say things that are or Letterman when they say things that I'm thinking? They must really be on YouTube, on a 2D frame on the on the computer. So I think where were they before that? Like they're not going to take their time out of their lives to go on a computer and say things that are on my mind. So i do not think, well, maybe they're in a vortex. So, or I just call it a vortex, but maybe they're in a spiritual world where they're living my life. Like everyone's in my head. So I, I get those kind of things, but most of my delusions are based on things that really happen to me. So when people say things that I'm thinking, it's logical for me to say, hey, I know people read my mind because, and, and no one can tell me different because those things I've experienced. The only thing that you can tell me different is that I hallucinated those things. It just hasn't seen me that I hallucinated those things because it's so because different. Because you're experiencing all of this in real time. It, it, this is your reality. Exactly. Kid. And then my doctors say that the hallucinations are different than what normal schizophrenics hallucinate. But they say it's because they don't understand schizophrenia enough. They're careful to say I hallucinate. Now you and my friends and my family have told me that whether you're listening or not, you think I hallucinate, but it's not real. Well, but it's real to you. But it's real to me. We,
0: we all make it clear that we're not going to invalidate yeah. what you're going through by telling you it's not actually real. Yeah. We just tell you it's in a distorted reality. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, the things like the the tool that I use for my my poltergeist, my hands are real. Yeah. They're literally in everyone that can see me's reality unless yeah. they're in my pockets. Yeah. And if I grasp my hands, I can sense that they're real. I can feel the grasp of my hands. Yeah. And then I can recognize that this is in all of our realities and the the things I see and hear that aren't audible or visual to anyone else are in a distorted reality. And Kip, yeah. I agree for that situation to, to pertain to you as well. Now, the difference we have here, Kip, is that you are living this
1: delusion 24 hours a day. Yeah, and in yeah. the beginning, I was a mess. It just took me time to deal with it and say, you know what, I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of worrying. When I think things that I have other delusions that, that I think people can when I when I pay attention to people I give them my chi my attention and I think they have the power to hurt people so they make people do things so like for example when we're in Australia my aunt, my titanena, we went to visit her if you remember that she was, you, you looked uncomfortable because it was smelling there because she's overweight and she urinated on the couch because she's really like 400 pounds and she she's a real mess and we're in a small little apartment and you looked uncomfortable but the delusion I was getting was that she was from a vortex she just came from the vortex and she was hurting you to force my sister to get my aunt who didn't want to come in from the car to visit her Wow. and when I was outside my aunt said something in Filipino when my sister was in Filipino my sister was walking with her because she didn't want she didn't want to come in. She said she was going to cry, meaning she didn't want to come in. So to me I was thinking my aunt was hurting you because she wanted my other aunt to come in and visit her. Now before when those things happened I would really go ape shit. I would go crazy. It would make me feel so scared like I'm thinking people are using me and doing all these things and my insides would feel bad and it was just a mess. When that happened, last time on the show we were there, it was when I was already better and I'm better now. I just kept cool. I said, look, maybe Kevin's hurting. Maybe she's hurting Kevin. But what I think is, I have another delusion that when I worry and get nervous, that things will happen worse and she'll get more power. And, and even if she didn't, and that's not true, I just can't suffer anymore. And I think that if I do suffer, it gets worse. So I think that-
0: So you've been using for quite some time, Kim. how many years have you been using these, these really, these mindfulness techniques that you learned from educating yourself to calm these delusions so you can function? At probably a very last, high level. Probably the last four to five years. You know how to just keep it calm and centered so that on the outside, Kim, no one can tell. Unless you go into talking about this or babbling about this in front of the public or your family or your friends, no, Nobody but you know, you, me, Margaret, we know. It's just like, it doesn't seem like I'm thinking. Just, about just it just seems like you're just chilling yeah. and you're able to answer questions, questions from people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And if you're having, you're able to engage yeah. in complete conversation. Yeah, because most schizophrenics have a hard time with cognitive functioning. functioning. Yes, so and they, they can, can't. They can't comprehend. come out of their brains yeah. to be able to function among other people. Yeah. Tell us right now, Kip, tell us right now what these mindfulness techniques are. How did you learn them? Like, how did you, how were you able to live this? Delusion
1: all day long every day 24 7 365 and be able to answer my questions part of it Is because I just got tired of suffering, so I made myself I don't block it out. My father has this technique where he said just block it out, put it out of your head And I tried doing that that's really hard. That's completely hard to do. So it's hard to take the thoughts out of my head What I did was just not get nervous, which I learned from him too, when he had panic attacks, he would his heart would palpitate and he after a while he would say, You know what, my heart palpitates and I get nervous every time and I haven't died yet. So I'm not gonna die. <laughs> so he after a while he would his heart would palpitate, he would control and say, I'm not gonna die, I'm not gonna die, I'm not scared. And part of the thing about panic attacks is that even if your heart palpitates, when you get nervous That's the sickness. You get anxiety because your heart's palpitating. So if you don't feel nervous and your heart just palpitates and you don't get nervous, you won't have a panic attack. Your heart will palpitate and he used that and he was strong enough and it's very hard to do. You have to be really strong. The symptom is still there, like with me. I still think thoughts, but I just don't get nervous. And part of the reason is I got strong because I just got so tired of being nervous. I was at a 24-7 nervous state forever, for years, for at least three, for two years, I was nervous every day, almost 24-7. That was about a six to eight month period where I was nervous 24-7 for about six to eight months. This is during the time of my attempt, where 24-7 I'd wake up, I'd go to sleep, and in my dreams I'd be paranoid. And then maybe for three years during that time, it was still almost 24-7. There was only a few times where I was a little, maybe a couple hours I was okay. But throughout the whole day, I was nervous. So I was so tired. I just got so fed up of being nervous that I forced myself to be mindful to not be nervous. So Kip, I think what you're saying is you use logic. <laughs> your dad, he
0: said, okay, I get these panic attacks. I think I'm gonna die. But in all the upteen times I've had these panic attacks, I haven't died. Exactly. So I'm not going to die. Exactly. So in essence, Kip, you are looking at your illusions and saying, okay, this may be going on, but it's not going to kill me.
1: It's not going to kill me. So I can continue and, and I can function. Yeah. And until I find out for sure that it's happening, then I'll deal with it. Right. Just thinking that it's thinking that it's happening can be sometimes worse because yeah. you don't know it's real. Like even, well, I, I think it's real, I think it's real, but I don't have any proof that it's real. And you don't have any proof that it's not? No, I don't have any proof. it's not. I, I just no matter what people say to you. You'll say, me Yeah. So, Kip, okay, let, let's
0: take a break there for two hours the Okay. Hey, Kip. Kip, uh, in the words you choose, yeah. I want you to tell me your story. Sorry. Tell me what, what first comes to mind. When I say Kip, tell me your story. What do you want to say
1: to the world? Okay, well, I guess you're talking about what I went through and what with relevance to my mental illness. First, the struggle I had was, um, it started with... Thinking that people knew what I was thinking. And because I thought that and because I still think that, a lot of trouble happens. A lot of things happen. So, but basically now I'm better. I'm not paranoid anymore, but I still think things that people will say aren't real, but I totally believe they're real. So... what are
0: what's one of those things people say aren't real that you say are real.
1: Okay. Like, firstly, I think that everything that I do is planned out by the world, meaning from what seat I get on the airplane, to what happens when you go to your speech, to the grocery store, to everything like that. And, and then I think that basically, how hard for people to imagine how you could be normal and think this, but I've been through it so much that I'm just, I'm okay with it. You know, I don't get paranoid anymore. So I had a lot of delusions because I thought people knew what I was thinking, reading my mind. So I would think a lot of things, and I would think that the world that can read my mind is using those delusions against me to make me suffer. And then I think, why is the world doing this? So I come up with two reasons. One, I think the world is not in a good place. And that when I suffer, they feel good. For my negative, they feel positive. So like they're in some kind of vortex, some kind of spiritual world, and then they're not feeling good, and they're they're uncomfortable, and my negativity makes them feel positive. And then I also think that they're in a good place sometimes, and they're not really suffering and they don't need to make me suffer. But then I think, why are they doing it? And I think there's something I have to do. With, with everything that I've thought, I wish I had found out what is going on. So I think there's something I have to do that they're not ready for, that they want me to postpone. They don't want me to, they don't want, like a lot of people love me, my family, friends, everybody, I think a lot of people in the world that know me love me. And even those the ones that love me aren't ready for what, what's there to happen. So they're okay with me. Not getting better, but they still want me to get better.
0: It's kind of a mixed reaction. Yeah. So, Kip, yeah. my my last question, Kip. We got one minute left. Yeah. My last question, Kip is, how do you cope with all this trouble in your head? Okay. How do you, how do you manage to? Because Kip, you're a pretty calm guy. Yeah. And you're a pretty zen, dude. Yeah. So how do you stay zen in the face of all this? What someone calls psychosis. How do you stay? How do you do that? Well, when you, you know, diagnosed near schizophrenic. How do you? How do you handle? I guess the pain or the struggle. Yeah. When when it's really good when you're really going through it and stay calm for other people. How do you do that? What th- what what keeps way, you there? The
1: best way to explain that, besides being mindful of what I'm doing, but that's helped. But the best way to explain it is I've been through so much. I've been through so much that now I'm okay with whatever happened. Whatever happens, I'm okay with I still suffer back and forth, I still will for a little bit, but otherwise I'm okay with whatever happens.
0: So you've got this on lockdown? Yeah. Kip, I love you very much. You're the best brother I've ever had. Love you too, brother. And uh, I'm going to give you a handshake and then I'm going to give you a hug. I love you, buddy. Love you, bro. Love you very much. Yeah. All right. Right on, dude. In this beautiful. Where are we, Kip? Where are we?
1: Where are we? We are in. Um...
0: Pen Yan, New York. Pen Yan, New York. Yeah. Pen Yan, New, Pen-Yan, New York. York. Yeah. yeah. Who knew there was a Pen Yan, New York? Did you know about that? No. I didn't know about no that. Neither. All right, Kip, let's look out together. Let's look, at, let's, let's look out at this here. How beautiful is that, Kip? That is
1: nice.
0: What do you think of when you look out into that, into that beauty, Kip? What do you think about
1: The life is beautiful. And we're blessed. <laughs>
0: Do you think life is a gift?
1: Oh, definitely. Life is definitely well, a gift. Well,
0: one of the best gifts I ever got was getting to be your brother. So thank you, brother. Thank you, too, man. High five.
1: Bam, there it is.
0: There All right, everybody. Whatever you do, folks, whatever you do, find a way to let hope help heal, and find a way, find a way to be here tomorrow, and every day after that. That's the lawyer. Margaret and I love sharing stories of people who have triumphed over incredible adversity. For more content and inspiration, go to kevinheinstory.com or visit us on all social medias at Kevin or on youtube.com slash